Thanks for listening to our podcast. Peterson Toyota, who's a great Ram Nation partner, has been proudly serving the Fort Collins, Windsor, and Loveland communities since 1968. They're a family-owned and operated business, and they're committed to making the car buying and service experience smooth and stress-free with a friendly and accommodating staff in all their departments. Inventory is still an issue in the car business today, but Peterson Toyota prioritizes their inventory for local customers, ensuring that you have the best selection around. If you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, please give Peterson Toyota first shot at your business. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Ram Nation Radio. I'm Joel Canalamessa, joined by Mike Rowe. We got a great one today for you. A pair of awesome guests. First of all, Isaiah Stevens, who tested the NBA waters and decided to come back for a super senior season at CSU. We are beyond ecstatic about that. One of the best players in school history is back at the helm, and he's got some nice pieces around him. We could be in for a big year. Uh, but just going to be a great conversation. We're going to dive into what all the things that went into his decision, why he decided he was going to come back, and uh, why he chose to come back to CSU when he had options to go get paid, whether uh, professionally or uh, somewhere else, to transfer and get some NIL money. And he will get some here, and we'll talk about all that stuff. It's going to be great. And then speaking of NIL, we're going to bring in the executive director of the Green and Gold Guard Collective, John Weber. He's just done an awesome job, one of several uh, important people to CSU uh, that are part of that collective that have put in a lot of time and effort to make that happen. And now uh, it's up to all of us to get on board. But we got a lot of pressing questions for him on that and how it works and some of the things that he's seeing in the world that are uh, where collectives aren't being used for the, the greater good. They're being used in bad ways and... Um, and just kind of want to dive into they're they're signing a lot of guys uh, to to partnerships, a lot of student athletes, a lot of guys and gals. So I'm gonna dive into all that as well. That's gonna be a great conversation as well. All right, we are super excited to have Isaiah Stevens on with us today. Zay, we were all rooting for you to uh, make the decision that was best for you, uh, but selfishly, we were all kind of hoping you'd be back for another season. And and now it's happened. Um, welcome back. Tell us, uh, tell us your your initial thoughts on you. You said you're in Fort Collins right now. You just got back and reacclimated to everything. What's it like knowing you're going to be a Ram again for one more year? Yeah, man, it's exciting, um, and even more so just knowing that I have a place I could call home, uh, someplace that I'm comfortable at. Uh, we've made some big time additions to the roster, as well as uh, even some of my closest friends are still on the team and. Um, and even the ones that left, man, I love those guys to death, but, um, it is definitely still a family environment here for me. And so that was probably one of the biggest things that went into it, uh, that made it even sweeter of a decision for me. And so, nah, man, I'm super excited to be back out here. Just got to get back used to the altitude a little bit. I was down South the whole time. So <laughs> that was probably, that would probably be the biggest adjustment get back up here. So you were one of 44 players invited to the NBA G League elite camp, and uh, you were not among the 80 players invited to the NBA draft combine, which was disappointing to all of us. Uh, How did, first of all, you take not being invited? Did you think you had a shot there and was it kind of a letdown or talk about that whole initial part of your process? Well, it's one of those things where 
you're just grateful to be invited to one of the two, right? And so uh, I was definitely uh, excited and thankful just for the opportunity to go and be a part of the G League League camp because uh, there's guys that I know that wish they could have been in that one even. So uh, definitely don't take it for granted. Uh, it's an opportunity to get in front of NBA personnel and test and play and do shooting drills and everything and meet with the team. So uh, definitely something I was excited to be a part of. Um, obviously, the big goal was to make it to the NBA combine. Uh, didn't necessarily get that done, but it's a, it's a part of it. You know, everybody's journey is different, and it's just another step in the process for me. Uh, I didn't view it as necessarily like a failure or anything, but something that definitely keeps me motivated and something that I'm reaching for in the future. Yeah, so you feel like you've gone through the process once, you get another chance to show what you can do at a high level in in one more year of college so is that that's kind of the next step, right? For next year, look to get that invite and and put your best foot forward to to get a spot at whether to be drafted or put yourself in the best possible position to to get picked up by a team. Absolutely, uh, that's the goal. At the end of the day, that's been the goal since <laughs> since I was a kid was to be able to get in one of those uh, NBA combine invites, and I've watched it on TV for many many years. Uh, but at the same time, man, you gotta, you gotta go and earn it again, just because I got invited, uh, to the elite camp this year, doesn't mean that it's going to be guaranteed that I get a chance to move up next year. So you got to go and earn it and prove it on the floor. Um, me and my coaches talk about it all the time. It's all about production with me. And so got to go uh, to the best of your ability. So can you, can you tell us about the, uh, the setup of the combine? all the physical tests that they put you through and the scrimmages. Yeah, man. So uh, it's a, I want to say I was out there for four days. Uh, it starts out with like meetings and you get with your teams that you were on and um, they have like player development meetings, mental health meetings, different things like that, that you go through. Then they start out with testing, getting your body measurements, height, weight, wingspan, body fat, hand size, all that different kind of stuff. And then you start moving into the the strength and athletic testing. So like the three-quarter course sprint, the vertical jump, max jump, uh, the lane agility, um, different things of that nature. So uh, while the other games are going on, you're basically on the side, like performing these tests in front of all these scouts and everything. And so uh, it was definitely a unique experience for me just because it was super slow paced. And so, like, you thought you would kind of just be able to run through it, stay warm, uh, keep your adrenaline up. But typically, at least for me, and I know there were some guys that felt the same way, it was like you kind of go through one, um, like, one, what is it, activity, I guess you could say. And then you would have to, like, sit and wait for, like, five to ten minutes to, like, perform another one. So just trying to stay locked in and stay engaged was probably the biggest challenge, but it was something that was new for me. And uh, we do some of that testing here at CSU. Um, but having to go out there and perform right away at, a, at the drop of a hat with a little bit of a warm-up is <laughs> something that, that was very unique. But it was fun, though, man. Uh, you got a chance to meet with teams uh, if they were interested enough to have interviews with you. So that was a super cool experience. They have it, like, set up where you're in a hotel room and, they like completely gut out the the bedroom or I mean the bed frames and the TVs and everything. And it's just a bunch of chairs and basically like a war room in there. So nah, it was pretty dope. So the scrimmages, uh, how difficult was that? Cause you, cause you look at them 
it's a team sport, obviously, but you got to show out as an individual to yeah. impress these scouts. So how tough was that to have that mindset? I got to do for me, but I got to do this for my team as well. <laughs> right. Yeah, man. It's like I said, man, definitely a unique experience all in all. Um, trying to figure out God's strengths and weaknesses for me personally, as a floor general, somebody that likes to get my teammates involved. Uh, those are things that I tried to pick up on as quick as possible uh, to try to put my best foot forward. But then again, you also got to remember it's a, you're trying to perform well as an individual. So you got to continue to be aggressive and uh, can't fall into the ins and outs of the game and just try to stay even kill regardless of what's going on around you. So Definitely a different style of play. Uh, guys are out there with different motives. Uh, but at the end of the day, everyone's gunning for the same thing. So you can't fault anybody for playing a certain way or anything. So uh, definitely a unique style of basketball uh, that takes some getting used to, but you only get a handful of games to do so. So, yeah, it was, it was a cool experience, though. Learned a lot from it, honestly. You hear a lot about, uh, like, in the NFL combine, all the crazy questions and things that guys got to go through. Did you – experience any of that like some some weird <laughs> like guys probing into your background and all that stuff uh they'll definitely ask you about your background your story uh what you like to do in your free time who are your friends they probably already know anyway there was uh there were a couple teams that knew a little more about me than i had like originally anticipated uh which was pretty interesting but i didn't get asked anything weird uh there were a few teams that some guys would talk about asked them pretty crazy questions, but uh, I didn't have interviews with those teams. So pretty much all of mine were fairly straightforward, uh, genuine, trying to get to know me uh, on a deeper level, and then a, a ton of basketball IQ questions, just trying to see where your head is at. So um, that, that was my experience, but I know everybody probably had a little bit different. We've watched you for four years, and we, we know what a skilled and smart player you are. The one part of your game that is the big question mark, does it translate, is your size. I mean, you can't affect how tall you are, what, you're six, six foot. Um, yeah. you got an incredible mid-game range, floater shot. You can drive to the rim. You're one of the, uh, the best facilitators, I think, in CSU history. Um, but did you notice getting into uh, when you're playing against everyone on that court was an NBA aspirant, you know, looking good opportunity to play in the NBA. Do you notice – like, hey, this, I feel undersized, or was it just like any other Mountain West game that you competed in? <laughs> well, for me personally, I've been the smallest guy on almost every court I've ever walked on to starting when I was a kid. So for me personally, it was nothing different. Uh, like I said, in high school, AAU ball, middle school, like I've always been the smallest guy. So I'm used to guys tiring over me and me trying to have to figure it out. Uh, I think probably the biggest difference – uh, I would say at that point was just the length that you typically don't see on a day-to-day -day basis. But um, after a while, you start getting adjusted to it, used to it. Um, but, nah, I'll probably put more so on that itself. But uh, that's when you got to try to use your quickness, speed, change of pace, uh, your craftiness to try to get to different spots and make plays. So, no, nah, that, that was probably the biggest part, though. So, <laughs> talking about your height, did you really start at center that first scrimmage? Because looking at the box score, they had Isaiah Stevens center. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea, man. I just they told me I was going out there for the first for the first run, and I was like, I bet. And I just went out there and, and <laughs> what I uh, felt like I should be doing. So whether that's center point guard, it doesn't really matter, man. I just 
<laughs> well, so so what ultimately did you have in mind as you went into this process? Was it just truly being open or were you like, hey, if I hear X, I'm going, right? Or, you know, if, whether it was you felt like you had a great chance of being drafted or whether you knew you were going to get a two-way contract because those are worth a, a pretty good chunk themselves, right? So what ultimately were you looking for to to say, hey, I'm going or what ultimately swayed you into thinking you were going to delay your NBA pursuits by a year? Yeah, so probably the biggest thing was trying to play your way into the NBA combine. So that was uh, like the biggest factor as to what we were pursuing. Um, and then after that, obviously everybody would love to be drafted or anything like that. But trying to get on a two-way contract uh, and trying to get a team to potentially start committing to it a little bit earlier just because of the deadline that we were working with is what makes the situation so unique uh, for guys that want to maintain eligibility. And so uh, got a lot of positive feedback, honestly, from a lot of teams that I worked out for and even post the combine, even though I didn't play great. Uh, there were some teams that were still super interested uh, about potentially communicating a two-way deal with me. Um, but it comes down to having to make a commitment by the May 31st when they're probably still going through playoffs. Uh, their season might just be ending. Uh, they're just starting to get into both their pre-draft workouts for their organization. So that could just be a lot um, when you know you kind of have to go in there and earn it from a guy in my position. So um, like I said, man, we had some opportunities on the table, but at the end of the day, I just felt like it was probably the best situation for me to go back, take the feedback I received, try to improve this summer uh, and early fall, and then just go back to, to the winning ways that we've had here at CSU. And I think that will probably put me in a, in a unique position moving forward. Because uh, like you said, I'm not going to grow any taller. I'm probably not going to jump much higher uh, or anything like that. But uh, there are some things skill-wise that I can work on, some things physically, like size-wise, that I can improve. And uh, and I think that's probably going to help, help me in the future. How much did you lean on David uh, for advice, especially when you just talked about coming up against that May 31st deadline? Yeah. No, nah, man, we talked all the time. And so – I want to say the cool part about it is, like, we could just talk as friends. Like, I don't have to call him and be like, hey, man, I'm reaching out about X, Y, Z. Do you think you can help me out? It it always happened organically. Like, one conversation would lead into the next. And um, we are, we have such an open relationship, man. We talk about everything. So I, I talked to him about everything, certain teams that I was going to work out for. Um, like, I was asking, had he been there? Had he heard about their workouts? Is there anything I need to be on the lookout for specifically? or anything like that, and especially going into the combine, just as far as, like, interview process, um, like, attire, like, how to approach it, because all that stuff, man, they're evaluating everything. Uh, if you don't think somebody's watching you, there's probably somebody around the corner just just paying attention to each and every move that you're making in those environments. So um, that, that was probably the majority of the conversations we had over the last month and a half. Who else were you getting advice from? Man, so I have quite a few friends that are, like, on the G League side of things. Um, from home, we have a guy from my hometown. Uh, his name is Olin Carter. Uh, he played in uh, – the he played with the Austin Spurs this past year. And um, so I would I would reach out to him a ton, just asking about the G League lifestyle. 
uh, financially, what's it looking like? Because they have a couple different contract options down there. And then pretty much just going through the pre-draft process, like what is one takeaway he wish he knew prior to going in? And so those were a couple of things that uh, I took away. And yeah, at some point you just kind of got to go through it for yourself also and just gain those experiences. Was there any thought about playing in Europe or was it always going to be NBA or CSU? Uh, definitely open to playing in Europe, but this year in particular, like going through this process, it was NBA or CSU. Uh, we weren't really, uh, too concerned with potentially having to make that move. Um, like I said, I'm open to it though. If that's where God takes me and, um, there's still high level basketball over there. There's still great contracts over there and living. So definitely open to it. But this year in particular, yeah, man, it was either we were able to carve out an NBA opportunity or, uh, we'll be back at CSU for another year. You know, you just mentioned my favorite favorite part of all this. Um, it was either NBA or returning to CSU. And you you could have clearly transferred to a power school, could have received a ton of NIL money wherever you went. Why were mm -hmm. you compelled to not explore that? And why did you want to specifically come back to CSU? Yeah, man, I got asked that question a ton over the last like month and a half. Uh, two months uh, man honestly the the one thing about it for me is there's I just feel like there's some things that money can't buy and for me I'm huge on relationships I'm huge on loyalty uh, man like the coaching staff here especially coach Nico and coach Farogmanes coach Ali they man they put the ball in my hands out the gate they allow me to play through mistakes uh, they allow me to earn an opportunity uh, fairly and they've done right by me so I didn't feel the need to leave man I know I'm gonna be able to play here I know I'm gonna have the ball I know I'm gonna be a focal part of whatever we're doing and then on top of that man they're good dudes they genuinely care about me they have a great relationship with my family like they talk to my mom and my dad about random stuff they uh, send my nephew gifts and stuff like that so yeah man it's it's a uh, it's it's really a family environment over here for me. And I know it sounds cliche, but it's real. And so for me, honestly, man, that's ultimately what it came down to. And I don't know, I guess I'm different in today's day and age, so to speak, but the grass isn't always greener either. Yeah. That's why you're the goat. You, yeah. you, you will always be at CSU because of that. That is so, that is so awesome. Can't Appreciate tell you. It. That's awesome. Um, can you talk about, I know you, you have NIL opportunities here. Can you talk about some of the uh, opportunities you may have in front of you here? Yeah, there's some stuff still in the works that I technically can't uh, speak on just yet. But, yeah, man, nah, they're definitely taking care of me. Uh, and like I said, it's not always about the money, but uh, there are some organizations out here that are recognizing my efforts on the court and uh, just also – who I am as a person at my core. And so I think I'll be able to do some really cool things uh, with some organizations out here to uh, not only help myself, but also just help different organizations, whether it's with kids, whether it's with uh, different foundations. Uh, so, yeah, man, I'm, I'm super excited for this upcoming year. I feel like we'll be able to kind of take it to another level uh, than what we've already done. So, yeah, no, nah, I'm excited. Yeah, I want to ask you about that. So returning to CSU, you're you're coming back to a quite a different team than you just had. You yeah. no longer have your right hand man, John Tanjay, who went to Mizzou. Uh Isaiah Rivera's gone, Baylor Hebb, James Moores. Uh 
there's there's some new guys coming in and we'll talk about the the three transfers that are coming um but uh what what are your thoughts on moving forward without some of your old teammates and friends uh from last year is that just kind of the the one downside of of not having those guys come as you come back yeah man sometimes it's just you're more so sad about losing a friend than a teammate right and uh you start building those relationships with those guys especially somebody like John and James who I've been with for so long uh, who I've known literally since the first day I've ever stepped foot on CSU's campus. So um, that's probably the downside of it. But then you got to remember it's it's a that, that's the name of the game now. Uh, everybody's looking for a new, bigger, and better opportunity, and uh, and I don't fault those guys one bit if they felt like that was the right decision for them uh, to move forward. And uh, but as far as the guys we're bringing in, though, man, I think that's that also play a big factor in me feeling comfortable coming back to CSU. Also. Uh, the coaching staff went out and they they did their thing and uh, and I knew some of these guys prior uh, to CSU or not prior to CSU but prior to this decision as well especially like Neat Clifford like <laughs> when I was a freshman and he was going on his college visits he was hanging out in my dorm room so uh, I knew prior I played against Javante for three four years now and uh, I already heard about him when he was coming out of the springs because of Nick Bassett who was our walk on up here and they were high school teammates. So just through different connections, man, you kind of already in a way have a relationship with some of these guys and uh, really just intrigued to build upon that. And it's not going to be easy and, uh, and you got to go out there and earn it in the off season, but uh, it definitely is going to be something that, that I'm looking forward to starting in the coming week. Have you had a, have you had a chance to, to speak with Joel, and Neek and Javante since they made their decisions and you've made yours? Right. So a lot of things move fast. Uh, I've gotten a chance to talk with Neek, uh, and I'm making my way around to to Joel and uh, Javante. We've had real brief conversations, just trying to exchange contact information and everything. But uh, I do know guys are starting to get in town, starting today. Uh, so we'll, we could put the phones to the side and, and really start bonding in person. So, yeah, man, I'm excited, and I've heard a lot of great things about Joel Scott as well. Uh, I think that's somebody that changes the dynamic of our team almost immediately, right? So uh, just from a skill standpoint, physicality, athleticism, uh, and, and can definitely leave his imprint on the game. So I'm, I'm super excited about him as well. Well, with these pieces, and you answered all of my questions before I even was able to ask them because I was wondering if those guys coming in kind of impacted your decision and it sounds like it did, but um, what, what does this program have to do? You got talent now coming in. It's all got to kind of come together and gel pretty quickly. Right. I mean, you got, you got the summer to work through and then the early fall here before you start playing games. But uh, what do you think just seeing these pieces on paper, this team has the opportunity to do this year in the Mount West and beyond. Yeah, man, I think, well, one, you got to earn it. Uh, Coach Medved is notorious for saying no two seasons are ever the same. Doesn't matter who you bring in, doesn't matter who's on the roster, anything like that. You have to go and, and earn and earn success each and every year. And so I think that's something that's really stuck with me over my time, and, I, and I'm a firm believer in that. Um, but the biggest thing is when you start getting all these new guys is, yeah, it might look good on paper, but you have to be able to um, – start buying into winning at the helm uh, of everything else and let individual success be second to all of that. 
And then genuinely trying to build relationships, I think, is another way to to really start gearing towards success. Um, being able to get guys on the same page, start to build bonds, start to just hang out with one another and, and genuinely care for one another and start to get that kind of relationship going. Because when that happens, now when you start stepping on the floor, there's a trust factor there. And so when you got trust, uh, which is something that I vividly remember us having uh, two seasons ago, the year we went to the tournament, man, just the, the chemistry and the cohesion and the trust factor was at an all-time high. And so uh, that's something we can start working towards from day one. I, I really like our chances. But like I said, man, you, you got to go earn it in the offseason and, and you got to go win games. So it's not going to be handed to us just because well, we added a bunch of good players. You, you, you just brought up the trust. Last year, you're out for two months, you know, then throughout the season. I mean, we lose Evans, Tavy's sick. Um, yeah. Man, Lake's hurt. How much did that play into last year's squad not having that trust in one in one another? Right. I think it's one of those things you kind of take for granted just because everybody was close as, like, peers, right? So everybody was good friends off the court. There wasn't any beef. There wasn't clicks or anything like that, which is what you want in a team. Uh, but then, again, you start losing sight of the fact that guys just simply haven't played together. And so when you're not when you're not used to playing with each other, man, it's hard to counter that um, at a short notice. And uh, we were struggling to even get guys just on the same practice floor, let alone a game. And so when we were when we were able to practice together, I feel like we started to gain some momentum there towards the end of the year. And so it's probably a shell of what potentially could have been a much better year. But uh, yeah, man, hopefully we're able to stay healthy. Uh, that's the biggest thing. That's and you gotta kind of have a little bit of luck with that. I think we'll be. I think we'll be good, man. If we can, if we can surpass that. You you missed however many games last year due to injury. Was nine games or something like that? Does, does yeah, it was some. It was like seven, eight, nine, yeah. somewhere. Yeah. yeah. I mean, did, does that ever come into play? Like saying, "Gosh, I I kind of missed out on a good chunk of my senior year. Let's run it back one more time." Or obviously, if you had a chance to go to the NBA, that would that would have been uh, trumped everything. But uh, you have a chance to basically come in here your your super senior season and really cement. You already have cemented yourself as one of the best point guards to ever play at CSU, and I'd probably say the best. You're going to shatter records this year, right? That that'll probably never be broken. So, uh, how how much does that excite you to to really be cemented as a legendary CSU Ram, one of the best that we'll ever see? Yeah, man, it's it's definitely exciting. Uh, but it's one of those things you try not to uh, get too caught up in because you don't want to start pressing for those things, right? Like you want them to happen organically, uh, and I feel like that's probably one of the most. Uh, so just trying to stay focused on winning first and foremost, but being able to know that I've played myself into a position where we can even have that conversation, right. Uh, about records and legacy and just being able to cement yourself amongst so many great players that have played here before me, uh, that have paved the way. So, man, I'm, I'm super excited for what this year could look like. It could be a really, really special one, man. And, uh, yeah, man, hopefully we're able to knock down everything that's, uh, that's on the goal sheet, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. I just saw the news on Aaron Katsuma yesterday that he's leaving for New Mexico. What are your thoughts on him as a coach and him actually getting a, a chance to to be officially a, a bench coach as opposed to the 
basketball ops guy. So yeah, tell, tell us about your thoughts on him and him leaving. Man, love AK. Love Aaron Katsuma, man. He is just a ball of energy at all times of the day. It doesn't matter what's going on. Uh, he always took care of us. Uh, he was always just super down to earth. Uh, he was always himself, never tried to be somebody he wasn't. Uh, and like I said, man, you could go to him about everything. Um, he was always willing to go eat with you, play video games, even though he might not have been good at it. Uh, just <laughs> super glue guys that you need in your organization. Uh, he was able to reach so many different personality types, man. And, yeah, and I'm definitely going to miss him. I wish it could have been somewhere else. Uh, but, man, he's been wanting this opportunity for, for so long. And I, I'm just glad that he's finally able to continue to take that next step because I know how bad he wants to be a coach as well. So um, I'm, I'm happy to see him uh, chase his dreams, man, because uh, I, I would want him to feel the same way about me. Did you uh, – so as far as – Last year goes, obviously it was a disappointment. Um, there were a million things that went wrong in the season, sicknesses, injuries. Um, what What are your thoughts on, uh, was, was it just a lot of bad luck last year and, and something that we basically uh, can can say, hey, that was just a, a weird year. And uh, now we've got, uh, we're, we're coming back. We're going to have Josiah healthy. We're going to have three new pieces here. We got a couple talented freshmen coming in and, um, quickly flip the switch from from what happened last year. I think you have to. I think you have to, man. You can't get caught up in, in what that year was. Uh, uh, but every I'm sure every team has it. Every has a year like that every so often. So you can't sit there and dwell on it. But it was just the hands we were dealt. Uh, I will give us a lot of credit, though. I never felt like we quit at any point of the year, even when it was at its lowest points. Um, I, I could think of a game right now. We're playing Utah State. Uh, at home, and I think we only had six or seven guys available to even suit up and play. And so, man, you start factoring in stuff like that. It's just a unique situation. But uh, got to quickly flip the switch, move on. Uh, there were a lot of good learning experiences. I think our our core guys that were here during that run or during that time uh, are even closer than ever because of it, man. Like, we had nowhere else to turn to but each other. And, um, yeah, dog, I mean, you got to flip the script on and continue to move forward. All right, I want to add in on a positive note. <laughs> that UNLV <laughs> game, I was in Vegas for that. It, it, yeah. That was one of the, the greatest individual performance I've ever seen from a CSU player. You know, what was going through your mind at the end of that game, or was it just such a blur? Man, I, I blacked out. I Honestly, <laughs> I remember – what exactly was happening before I was able to rewatch it. Uh, so obviously we have film following that and we rewatched it. So it started to come back to me, but uh, I remember in the post game presser, they were asking me different questions about different plays and I'm just sitting there looking like, man, I don't know. <laughs> I have no clue what I was doing, how it even unfolded that way. Cause uh, there were just some very odd plays that ended up happening. And obviously you, banking a shot from half court, you take that any day. But uh, being able to roll the ball up the court without being stopped, uh, being able to find uh, an offensive rebound kick out off of an air ball, like just certain plays that if those go south or those take an extra second longer, man, we're, we're not winning that game. So uh, that was probably one of my favorite games so far in my career. Obviously, I, I played well that night, but 
just the way it unfolded, man. And yeah, nah, that was a big win for us because we haven't, at least during my time, we haven't won at UNLV prior to that game. So that was that was special. I have to say, where I, where my seats were, your your half court Jokic shot, pretty much. <laughs> Man, that thing, it was online. As soon as you let go, I, I turned to my wife. I was like, that's in, that's in, and boom, dropped okay. it. So. Uh, when it left my hand, like, I I try not to tell people that I felt like it was going in because I honestly didn't know. But I did like the angle it was on right away. I will I will give myself that much credit. I did like the, I did like the angle. Uh, I didn't know I was going to bank it. I didn't know if it was going to go in. But I did like like the angle it was on, though. That was uh, something we'll never forget. What a what a crazy game or what a heck of a performance. Uh, last thing for me, I mean, you, your parents, you kind of mentioned them earlier in, in your decision-making. How are they feeling about one more year in Fort Collins, uh, visiting a lot, and uh, I, I, they're staples at games, right? I see them at road games. I see them at home games, and uh, they're the they're kind of sweetest people. Apple doesn't fall from the tree, but uh, how are they feeling about everything? Yeah, man, they're excited, especially my mom, man. She she loves Fort Collins to the fullest. Uh, the only thing she was asking was for some better family seats. Uh, she doesn't like that look. <laughs> so, uh, we're we're trying to make we're trying to make that happen to, at least for this last year and see if we can get her some better seats. But yeah, man, nah, they're excited. Uh, they love Fort Collins. It's, it's home at this point, man. I've I've been up here for a long time. Been up here through COVID and all different kind of things. Uh, know our way around, build relationships, even with the fan base out here, like genuinely reach out to people. And yeah, man, nah, it'll, it'll be a good last little ride. Well, we're hoping for uh, that. This is the year we break through and have a conference title under our belt. That's not something we've ever had uh, as fans uh, since I went to CSU long ago. And uh, that would be, that would be amazing. And uh, just a reminder that the, the, Hated Buffaloes are coming to Moby, and we would really appreciate a win there as well. And we we owe them. So let's uh, let's have one of those crazy games that you put against UNLV against those guys, and and we'll all be happy. <laughs> oh man, no, that's the plan. All right, Isaiah, this is a real pleasure. Congratulations on your decision. Uh, a lot of big things for you to come beyond college, but we're sure excited to get another year uh, with you at the helm. So uh, appreciate your time, buddy. Yes, sir. I have me, man. Mike, what do you think about Isaiah there? I mean, how lucky are we to get him one more year? He's about as good as it gets as far as humans go and a uh, heck of a basketball player. Yeah, man. It's, I mean, great catching up with him. We, we didn't have him this year. Uh, obviously, he was with Brady Hall, as de deservedly. Um, so it's it had been a while since we had him on with us. But, man, he's just such a good kid. Like, and the enthusiasm he brings, like you can see why the team with all the injuries and stuff, how it just wasn't there, like nothing clicked because you don't have that dynamic leader that's with you the whole time. And I mean, he's somebody it's easy to see why, why the players follow him. When you've got a guy that, that Nico has talked about this story all the time where when he when he was recruited, he said, "I want to be the all time assist leader at CSU," which he has done. And uh, but that just goes to show he he's putting the team ahead of himself. He didn't say, "I want to be the all time scorer in CSU history," right? He, so so he gets it. He's just a team guy. He's going to be. We're going to be so good this year. Hopefully, 
I mean, that's that's going to be the challenge for this coaching staff to to get everyone to gel real quickly. Um, but the one thing you got working in your favor is the character of the guys that he br- they bring in, right? You're not going to have any me guys. You're not going to have any guys that um, are worried about minutes and in um, their their own interests. They they're they're kind of guys that are team guys that want to win. So uh, that that works in your favor. Hopefully, they can all gel and and get playing. Well, and and we we're overdue for for a big hoop season. Obviously, we had one a couple of years ago. We made it to the tourney, but I would love a conference championship. I want to obviously go back to the tourney, win a couple, right? So, yep. um, I, this is a when you got him in in at the point, we got a shot. Well, you know when you look at when you look at him, when you look at David, you have two of the best players in CSU history, two of the most talented. And from everything that we've heard from the coaches, from Ali, from Aaron, from Coach Medved, all of them say the same thing, that these guys are the hardest working players in practice in the program. And when your best players, when your most talented players are the hardest workers, then everyone else feels like compelled to follow their lead, to, to bust their ass as well. And to have him coming back with the additions. Now, we got three in-state kids that I know our buddy Jeff Riley has talked about uh, who coaches at Chaparral High School before that was at Douglas County High School. He coached against these guys in, in tournaments, in in uh, like Christmas tournaments and regular mm-hmm. season games. And he's talked about Scott. Yeah, everyone talks about Josh Scott, his brother that was at, at CU. But he, he, he flat out said Joel was the hardest working and the hardest one to, to defend out of all, out of him and Josh, although Josh was taller, bigger, he, he went to the Power Five school. He said that they had to do more planning around Joel than they did around Josh at the high school level. And you got a guy who's hungry, who busted his ass at the Division Two level. And you look at our last two in in Chandler and and uh, Pat. These guys come in, they're hungry, they want to prove themselves, and and to be able to get him and and somebody that has shown that he works hard, that has put in the work to get to this level. you got to be excited about that. You look at Neek, obviously he left CU, went in the transfer portal. Every one of my friends at CU said, what a great kid this is. It just wasn't working with, with, with Boyle there. And so this change of scenery with a kid that's going to work hard, with a kid that is a good kid, that is not leaving because he's a troublemaker, not leaving because – He's got that AAU mentality that he needs to be the man. You know, that gets you excited. We've seen what Javante did. I mean, he tore it up in, in Moby a couple seasons ago. I mean, couldn't miss from outside. Couldn't miss from outside. Um, someone that is a proven starter, that is a proven starter at the Mountain West level, and you bring and you bring back Isaiah, and you have Strong coming back. You know, that was one of the first things that, that Medved said to me last week at the at the roundup the co- or the Coach's Roadshow was that was that uh, Strong is healthy now. Josiah yeah. is, is healthy. And obviously bringing in Pat, Tavy, Tavy having an, a full year under his belt, Jalen Lake, who improved throughout the season, even after coming off, off that shoulder injury. It makes me excited. Uh, yeah, I think 
I think we have a, a good team. I think we have a good shot to to make some noise. Be interesting to see how the staff spreads around the guard minutes. <laughs> I mean, we we suddenly have a, a good stock of guards. Anyway, let me pause real quick and tell you about Ginger and Baker. Stop in for an amazing dinner at the Cash, where you can enjoy fine steaks and chops good whiskey, or select from their award-winning wine list. And by the way, they now have Whiskey Wednesdays, where all whiskey is 50% off, including their new Ginger and Baker Old Elk Single Barrel Whiskey. Normally $18, it's just $9 now on Wednesdays. If you're looking for a more casual dining outing, check out the cafe with a wide offering of American comfort food classics, where you can try something quick from their grab-and-go case in the market, which is stocked with all kinds of scratch-made breakfast and lunch deliciousness. Ginger Baker also features a coffee shop, event spaces, and a teaching kitchen, the latter of which has a ton of great events showing you how to make cocktails and special meals. Check out gingerandbaker.com slash calendar for a full list of events. This place is amazing, guys. Support our friend Ginger Graham and treat yourself to a world-class experience at our favorite place, Ginger and Baker. Um, we are going to be bringing in John Weber, the founder, the leader, the czar of the Green and Gold Guard Collective. Super excited. We've obviously talked a lot with him um, and have not yet had him on the, the podcast yet. So I, he's made the rounds. I know I, we should have had him long ago, but now that they are much more um, established and got a lot of things in the fire, and I know that a lot of our Ram Nation people are are members of that group and, and donating and we need a lot more, but uh, we want to welcome in John and and, and kind of talk a little bit about the background and some of the things he's got cooking and how this all works. And John, you just missed a great conversation with Isaiah. Um, it is so exciting that he is coming back. And and um, the one cool thing, he just had the, the coolest thing to say about why um, he declared that it was going to be the NBA or returning to CSU. And it's because... He said, you know what, money uh, can't buy everything, right? And so he clearly could have gone a lot of places and, and gotten paid, whether that be professional or uh, transferring somewhere else and gotten some major NIL dollars. But he wants to be here because he loves it here. He loves the leadership. He loves the school. He loves the coaches and he loves his teammates. So uh, it's a heartwarming thing. Of course, he, he of all people, should uh, earn his way into some NIL dollars here as well. But uh this is the kind of guy that you want NIL to, to work for. And, and for starters, isn't he, a, isn't he just a great person? Uh, he's just a wonderful person to be around. Uh, I, honestly, one of my favorite student athletes I've been around in a long time. Great, great guy. Yeah. Uh, unquestionable. Um, so uh, look forward to hearing that full interview and, and, um, and we'll hope to get that out here soon once we're done with you. But um, so John, I guess um I guess just start about start talking about how the, the reason you're doing this. Um, you're not just some Joe Schmo off the street. You're doing it because you love CSU, right? And you had a great experience as a as a student, as alum. Talk, just talk about why you were compelled to to really put so much time, blood, sweat, and tears into this. Yeah, and first, guys, thank you very much for having me on here today. Uh, you know, pleasure being here, and and have looked forward to the opportunity to chat with you guys a little bit and chat with Ram Nation about what we're trying to get done from an NIL support perspective. Yeah, my background, like you said, Joel, I'm a, I, I am an alum, graduated from the College of Business quite some time ago, and uh, you know got involved with the College of Business a number of years ago uh, through their Global Leadership Council, which is the advisory board for the college. 
And uh, at this point now, I'm actually chair for the advisory uh, for the advisory board. Uh, spend a lot of time with them, and uh, was was actually spending most of my professional career down in the uh, the, the Dallas Fort Worth area in, in high tech. Um, ran software companies, hardware companies. Um, we've had a second home actually up in, in in Fort Collins for quite some time. And in the middle of COVID, had an opportunity to to uh, sell the company that I was running. And we did that and decided to make Fort Collins our, our full-time home and uh, the best decision we've ever made. Uh, we absolutely love being back in Fort Collins. And as a, as a part of that, I've been spending more and more time with Colorado State and trying to help uh, where I can as, and as much as I can. And part of that led me over to, uh, to, to athletics and spent some time with the Ram Life program. And you know, honestly, coincidentally happened to be in the office, in the football office one day as the new administration uh, was coming in. And uh, Tim Cassidy, the chief of staff came in one day and said, so John, what do you know about NIL? And this would have been probably January of last year. And uh, the answer was not a whole lot, but I'll tell you what, I'll go do a little bit of research. We'll come back in a couple of weeks and we can have a much, you know, a much deeper conversation. And, and, and I did just that. Uh, came back with honestly, it was probably about a forty-page paper that I think uh, three of us have put together and written and 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 figured out uh, how to do NIL and and more importantly how to do it at Colorado State uh, and Fort Collins. Uh, you know, it, each each university, each community has its own um, has its own needs, has its own culture, and we want to make sure that we're that we're cognizant of that and and that we work really hard in in a way that. Uh, um, our donors, our fans, and our community can support. So that that really led me down the path of uh, working really, really hard uh, to to get something put together for CSU. Because at at the end of the day, and 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 I started at this on the academic side. Um, you know, at, at the end of the day, the impact that a successful athletics program has on um, on, on Colorado State as a whole as the Fort Collins community as a whole, as the Northern Colorado community as a whole is, is absolutely outstanding. And uh, you know, there's never been a more impactful time than, than right now where a donor dollar has more of an impact on an athletics program in a very, very direct fashion. And uh, that became very apparent to me. I learned a lot more about how, uh, how athletics functions, um, how our, 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 our student athletes um, are, are taken care of, what their stipend looks like, what their scholarship looks like, how all of that works. And it was clear to me that there was a tremendous opportunity here that uh, you know, we can put something in place to support our student athletes, uh, support our university, and move things forward in a, in a way that I think is consistent with the, with, the, with the aspirations of this university, which is made clear by how we, uh, you know, how we build out facilities uh, the types of coaches that we, uh, you know, that we attract and, and wish to retain and the, the type of student athletes that they're after. So I'm, I'm more than happy to, to spend some, uh, a, a significant portion of my time working on this. Well, so that leads me to my, my question. And, and this is still very new uh, to college athletics. And I know that it rubs some people the wrong way, right? It, people are torn on how to contribute to, right. CSU athletics these days is it is my dollars best spent towards donating towards scholarships you know or do I spend spend so much money on my season tickets and my uh, required donation there um, you know why do I need to pay more for this um, some people don't love the model of student athletes getting paid how do you how do you respond to all that because it's very real right and and I got to be honest I I'm not the biggest fan of it but I also understand 
this is the way it is. And if we don't do something, we're going to fall behind. We already have um, very quickly and we're going to lose players or not be able to retain players. But how, how do you respond to those people that are kind of torn? Well, you know, so it's, that's a great question. And it's something that we get all the time. And, and, and frankly, probably just about every person. And, and let's be honest, myself, we all started with the position of this doesn't feel right. This seems weird. Um, I'll tell you about the first time that we that we cut a check to, to members of the of the men's basketball team. Let me tell you what that felt really weird for me. <laughs> that's just something my entire life has been told. You know, hey, you don't do this sort of thing. Um, but in, in reality, if we look at this from a business perspective, uh, the type of funds that are being spent um, on facilities, that uh, you know, the, the broadcast rights that are being generated. Uh, coaching salaries that are around this, the um, you know bowl games, March Madness, all that kind of stuff. It, it, frankly, in my opinion, I look at this as, as as it really is professional sports at this point for for a couple of sports that uh, you know that are at the top of the heap here. Um, it is uh, it, it's an important thing uh, for us to take care of our student athletes in in this new era of college athletics uh, because of the transfer portal, uh, because of NIL opportunities. Uh, we, we need to be able to be in a position where we provide uh, an attractive place for student athletes to come and an attractive um, place for student athletes to stay. Um, and we're, we're not out there to uh, create ridiculous opportunities or to try to outspend people or anything like that. But NIL is absolutely an important component of this. Um, and, and if we look at this from a holistic retention perspective, the quality of coaches that people have or that our student athletes have access to here, the facilities, the quality of the academics, the community. Um, it's just honestly, it's a phenomenal place. And if you roll all that together with a, with a, with a reasonable NIL program, I think we have a, a phenomenal chance of attracting and, and, and keeping the right uh, people at this university. So um, when I first talked to you way back about this, um, I was just intrigued because the way you approach this concept with NIL seems different than most, right? We're not out there. Like I, I think that there are others out there that are seemingly designed legally, mind you, to entice players to join programs, right? And and the Green and Gold Guard is more designed to retain and reward existing players to to stay around with meaningful partnerships and real world experiences. And, you know, while getting those experiences, you're going to make a little bit of money that you probably wouldn't otherwise, because uh, you don't have enough time to do to, to to work in the, you know, full 40 hour weeks or whatever with with sports and school and all that. But talk about how you kind of approach this different and how it's different than than others. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, Joel, the, the way that things are evolving right now, there are more collectives that are operating like us. Uh, but the, the, our genesis of, of how we came to market here is that we wanted to uh, give our student athletes an opportunity to engage the community. And, and what that means is that you know, the donor funds that we raise, uh, which, by the way, are now tax deductible, which is a, a really, really big deal. And we probably ought to talk about that here in, in, in a moment. Uh, but the donor funds that, that, that we raise um, are used to uh, work with our student athletes and have them work with other charitable organizations in, in the Northern Colorado area. So it's important that our student athletes um, understand the cycle of giving back as early as they possibly can in their lives. Uh, you know, they're in a tremendous position to impact the community in a very positive way. And we want to see our community uh, or we want to see um, our student athletes doing great work in the community. The community needs to see that. 
um, and needs to see the caliber of the student athletes that we have um, on these teams. And, and, you know, that's honestly another important point here, which is if, if I didn't uh, think incredibly highly of the type of people that we have on our, uh, as, as coaches right now and the type of student athlete that they're recruiting, I honestly wouldn't be doing this. Um, but we have uh, absolutely phenomenal people in the program, and it's, uh, it, it really makes me proud to, to, to do what we're doing right now. So how does it work? I mean, is it uh, so so we make donations, people make donations, it goes into a fund, they have the opportunity to designate what sport they'd like it to be focused on. But how do you then um, do you approach the student athletes? Do they approach you? How do you connect them with um, potential partners that uh, that could use their services and likeness to, to promote them? And um, how, yeah, can you just talk about how that the sure. Absolutely. So it starts with us um, knowing the programs, right? So we, we've got to know our coaches and we've got to know the student athletes that we have on, on, on each of our programs. And we have, um, we actually use some analytics to go through and, and understand, um, you know, the impact that each of these different student athletes can have within our community. And, uh, you know, from that, we, we, we end up with a list of folks and we start working through that list and go as deep in, into that list as we possibly can um, with each of the different sports. So, yes, you're correct. When someone makes a donation to, uh, to the Green and Gold Guard, they can choose uh, a very specific sport um, or they can choose all sports. And, uh, you know, if it ends up in, in an all sports type donation, uh, the, the board that we've assembled here for the Green and Gold Guard will go through and distribute that money in, in, in the way that uh, we feel is the most impactful manner. Um, and uh, you know, then we'll work with each of the, you know, work with the coaches and, and work with the with the student athletes to get them uh, to get them going. Uh, you know, we we announced uh, starting last Friday uh, several different uh, football team members that are now ambassadors of the Green and Gold Guard. Um, and and what that means is that we've got them on on a, on a full time uh, full time stipend with us. And there's going to be work that they'll be doing on on our behalf and for uh, other folks in the community. Um, and we're, we're unbelievably excited about, you know, getting to the point that we're able to, to, to activate uh, relationships with our student athletes in a very meaningful way. Uh, we've worked at this point with over 40 different student athletes from four different sports. Um, and we've got uh, multiple other sports that we're going to start working with here in a, in a very short period. Um, and uh, you know, that it just keeps getting better and better you know, with each passing week in terms of the, the reach that we're, uh, that we're able to get to. So the going back to Isaiah and him uh, deciding to come back to CSU, it, it sounds like you are not there yet as far as uh, making an official agreement. But how do, how does something like that work with? Um, he's the perfect guy, right? For for something like this. Oh, and, he's outstanding. Yes. And, and you and you have. Um, this is clearly like the model is you want to be able to reward and retain existing players and there, here's a perfect example of that how did you guys what was the relationship there and how did how if you can talk about any of it but how did that uh evolve as it yeah so you know, we, we've had obviously to, to no one's surprise multiple conversations with with isaiah um you know ever since we we came to market um last uh last summer um he, he is the type of person that um we are unbelievably elated to support um, we will support him uh, going into the uh, into the summer and in the fall here. Um, you know, he and I have have had uh, you know, some some very good conversations around what that looks like. 
Um, it needs to be finalized contractually, which will be done here in a, in a relatively short period. Uh, but we are going to be, you know, really excited to get him, um, uh, you know, to get him on, on an ambassadorship with the guard here. Um, and, and one of the other things that we've done, and, and Joel, you and I, and, and, and Mike, you and I, we've, we've actually not talked about this yet, but we've got uh, uh, a, another announcement that I guess I'll go ahead and make here a little bit in, in, in part here, where we have teamed up with a company called Obsesh, that is a sports branding um, and marketing agency that is going to help us uh, quite a bit on the for-profit side of, of the activities. So in other words, uh, making sure that we're building the brand of the guard uh, correctly and having an impact on, uh, on, on a number of our student athletes with their own personal brand, which uh, should in turn lead to additional, you know, traditional brand endorsement opportunities for our student athletes. So that's something that we're quite excited about as well. And uh, I think you'll see a changing face of us um, you know, quite substantially here as we as we head into the summer in terms of the how we operate, what we look like, types of events that we run. Um, we're, uh, we're we're growing up and we're growing up fast. Could you talk about you just mentioned the tax deductible thing? What went into that? I know that that was something you aspired to way back, yep. and there were some hurdles to to get through that. And how did you finally get to that point? And what does that mean for donors? Yeah, so the, the what we ended up doing is that uh, in order to be a recognized 501c3, you've got to you know have an entity that's registered with the state, and then you also have to go through an approval process with the uh, with the IRS at the federal level. So we actually created um, another company, uh, Green and Gold Guard Incorporated, and uh, that is the one that we submitted to the IRS. That's the one that we've got uh, 501c3 approval for. And the way that it's set up, not to get too confusing here, but it owns the Green and Gold Guard, the one that you see operating publicly. And there's a relationship between those two, two entities and an agreement between those two, two entities that allows the Green and Gold Guard, the one that you see publicly, to raise funds on the behalf of that 501c3 um, and then uh, activate uh, you know, those funds with our student athletes. Um, uh, but it's got to be done in a, in a nonprofit manner, meaning that we have to deploy our athletes or they're working on the behalf of other nonprofits. Uh, that's what gives us the tax deductible status. That's what gives our donors the tax deduct deductible deductible status. Um, and it is uh, it, it's a phenomenal thing. It's a, it's, it's for our for our donors. And uh, you know the great part of that is that uh, that is going to be retroactive back to January 13th of this year. So anyone that has given anything since January 13th of, of this year. When we get to the end of this tax year, we'll get a uh, we'll we'll get a receipt from us. Well done, that's that's a great. We're we're we're, um, we're very excited about it. you know there's and 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 I understand it. There's been a number of people that we've talked to who said, hey, when you, when you once you become a five hundred one c three, let me know. Otherwise, I'm you know I'm not going to contribute right now, and and I get it. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're we're at that point now, and and it's uh, you know it's one of the last big hurdles that we needed to get through. I know I know for my wife that was that was always a concern, especially because she's in the was in a donor relations part of higher education. And I did explain it to her. So we did, we still joined. I did explain why the importance of it, uh, but this will definitely make her extremely happy yeah, uh, on that end right there. On social media, um, I mean, you've been very active and I, and I love your interaction, uh, especially on Twitter, um, but you've been making announcements on ambassadors uh to the to the guard can you share with our listeners who these student athletes are that are now a triple guard a triple g uh <laughs> ambassador 
Yep, yep. So we're we're, we're starting with uh, with members of the football team, um, and uh, the the very first one first one that we announced was Tory Horton. You know, he's a uh, he's an, an incredibly impactful player. Um, he's a great person. Uh, you know, he's uh, he, he's someone that is you know ultimately incredibly marketable. Quite frankly, you know, as he as he continues his career at Colorado State and and should have uh, you know a, a very very good shot at a at a long career in the NFL. Um, and that was just that was a natural place for us to start. Uh, what it means to be an ambassador of the of the guard um, is that they are um, they're, they're you know, they are on a monthly stipend with us. So you know we, we've worked to the point that we've raised uh, meaningful money for uh, you know, for several several programs of ours, and we're and we've started to sign these athletes um, you know to a contract with us. And what they'll be doing it's a it's a number of different things. Each contract is you know has its own uniqueness. But it uh, you know it has to do with helping us you know uh, promote the guard and having them work with other charitable foundations in the in the northern Colorado area to help them with their own cause awareness and help them with their own fundraising. So you'll you'll see much more out of those folks that we're signing here in the coming months in terms of how they're engaging with the community to to to, to impact the community at, at itself at large. You have some great events coming up. You uh, could you share some specifics to our listeners? Yeah, as a matter of fact, so we we just launched um, an events page on the on the website. So if you if you go to uh, theggguard.com, you'll see that there is now an events link um, up there, and we've got two active ones right now. So there's one coming up um, just next week, actually next Thursday at X Golf in Fort Collins, where it's going to be uh, you know people's first opportunity to meet members of the 2023-24 men's basketball team. Uh, we've got uh, 42 spots available, uh, and, and actually, I've, I've been as I've been sitting here, I've gotten a couple of messages for, for we're selling tickets for that. Um, uh, so we, we've got probably somewhere around 30 to 35 of those left at this point. Uh, but you'll you'll have a, a really fun opportunity to spend an evening with uh, members of the of the of the basketball team. Uh, Coach Medved will be there for a little bit as well, um, and it's you know like I said, the very first opportunity to meet those folks and, and help raise money for the guard. Uh, tickets for that are $150. I uh, would love to have everyone you know, uh, you know show up and let's sell that one out. Um, and then later in the month, June 24th, we've got uh, an event that we're running for uh, women's basketball. And uh, that's going to be down at C.G. Warden's home uh, down in South Denver. Uh, we're going to have a casino night fundraiser there. Uh, that is going to be an absolute blast of an evening. Um, so we, we've got some former CSU and NFL vets that are going to show up uh, you know, in support of that. Um, we're going to have a, you know, a really fun you know, you know, night with all the different casino games, food, drink. Uh, we'll have uh, you know, some, some auction items to, you know, to uh, have some fun with as well. Um, and that's going to be a great night. So, you know, we'd love to have everyone sell that one out as well. So we've got opportunities in both in Fort Collins and down in Denver Metro um, here within the next month for for people to get out and uh, meet the players, meet the coaches and and support what we're trying to do from a from an NIL perspective. I know you tweeted out the other day a survey of um, who would be in favor of bringing back the Ram Good Time auctions. That's something you're kicking around uh as a potential fundraiser? Yeah, that's a, that's a legit question. Um, so, that, you know, we've, we've had conversations with uh, the athletics administration about bringing that back. Um, it was an overwhelming majority, you know, that said yes to that. And I think it was right at about 80%. Um, so that if, if, if you follow voting, that's a pretty high majority um, uh, in, in terms of a vote. 
But that's that's an event that honestly, when 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 I lived down in Dallas before we moved back to Colorado, uh, my wife Julie and I we would fly back for that, uh, and we probably did that four or five different times to come back up and just attend that because it was so much fun, um, and, and and it was quite an effective fundraiser as well. So yes, we're serious about bringing that back. Um, so if if there are people you know that are listening in on this that. Um, uh, have participated in the past, want to support that, want to help with that, uh, hit us up, you know, DM me on, on social media at, you know, at the GG guard or, uh, you know, visit the website and fill out a contact form. I would absolutely love to, you know, to talk with you. Um, and, and I know both of you have been involved with that in the past. That was something that, that you guys highly supported. And, um, yeah, we're quite serious about looking into, into bringing that back. Hey, just curious, um, of all the, research you've done and investigating how collectives are working across the country. Have you seen examples of how collectives are being misused? Um, so sure. And, 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 I, and I don't necessarily want to call anyone out or anything along those lines, but uh, you know, the, the most egregious things that I've seen that are, that are happening are uh, contracts that are, that are happening prior to, to student athletes showing up on campus. You know, the, the way that this is supposed to work, is that uh, collectives and businesses can and, and donors and fans can engage with student athletes once they're on campus and enrolled and, and, and a part of the program. Um, you know, things that are happening where uh, you know, it, it's becoming maybe a, a step or two too far in, in the recruitment cycle is, is, the, is the most egregious thing that we see. Uh, and there's a lot of it happening out there, let's be honest. Um, but, uh, you know, we're we're committed to doing things the right way, um, but also, you know, I, I would term it, um, and, and I coined this term a little bit ago, um, I look at this from, you know, how do we operate in, a, in an aggressively compliant manner? And, uh, you know, so we're, we're not going to sit back and, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, come from a position of weakness. We're absolutely coming from a position of strength, and we're figuring out ways that, uh, you know, that we do things uh, the right way, but also in a very impactful way. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, that's uh, it makes you feel good about being a part of it. I got to give you an example of of how uh, diligent our athletic department has been in, in not wanting to create any sort of uh, violations. I when, when we first were kicking around the idea of raising some money and and um, partnering with a football student athlete, I was actually um, you know, to help produce some content and join podcasts and, and all that stuff for RamNation.com. I reached out to a member of the athletic department and I said, hey are there any football players that are journalism majors that would make sense for something like this? And he goes, I just can't even give you that information just because I don't want to overstep. And, and so they're being very careful. And, and, and I know that you are a steward of that as well, which is awesome. So um, it makes, I, I know we've never had a major violation at CSU. We don't want to start one now, although it just seems like nobody cares out there and a lot of schools are doing it anyway, which is, which is disturbing. Um, can you well, talk just a, uh, yeah, no, no, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, what are some of the um, successes that we have seen uh, early on here? And um, can you divulge how we're doing like donations wise, members wise, dollars wise, and where do we need to be? Yeah, so I think the way I'll answer that is that, you know, I look at this from a, from a standpoint of I want this to be the, the best group of five collective out there, period. And, and, and when I say best, I, I don't necessarily measure that in terms of dollars, uh, but I measure this in terms of, of being a you know, great stewards of our student athletes, great stewards of our programs and, and doing this in a, in a compliant and, and uh, 
very impactful way. So, you know, those, what that means is that there's going to be levels of education that come along with us, financial education, uh, social media education, social media training for, for student athletes, because ultimately what we want is that we want our student athletes to be um, as, as powerful as they possibly can be from a social media perspective. That's really what drives a lot of the value for, you know, for, for people their age right now is making sure that they have um, as much reach and as much influence as they possibly can. So we're committed to helping with them, you know, helping them from that perspective. Now, part of my role with the College of Business, uh, we've been able to pull in the College of Business from a partnership perspective as well to help with some of these things. And, and there will be uh, some certificates that are uh, that are made available to our students and, and to our student athletes uh, going into spring of next year as a result of some of that kind of work. Um, from a financial perspective, you know, we, we've had several fundraising dinners where I've stood up and, and I've talked about the goals. Um, if we want to be incredibly impactful um, and if we want to support goals such as you know, what, what I hear our director of athletics, Joe Parker, talk about, which is you know, participate in the college football playoffs, um, the, uh, you know, that number, quite frankly, for, for football is probably in the neighborhood of, of a million and a half dollars a year. And when I look at that that number across all of our sports, um, all of our D1 sports, that number probably approaches three to three and a half million dollars annually. That's really where we need to be. And, and, and we should be proud of that. We should work hard toward that. Um, and, uh, you know, it's something that is going to take the community as a whole to get there. You know, I'm, I'm not in a position to write, to, you know, write the guard a, a $20 million check, you know, like, uh, you know, you know there, there are some donors available to, to to other programs that have done that sort of thing. Um, and uh, you know, to date, we've we've not uh, uh, secured a donor that that has done that for us either. But that means that uh, we need a lot of people to help a little. And uh, you know, when, when I look at you know the 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 reach that you have uh, through through Ram Nation, the reach that Colorado State has, the reach that we're starting to build. You know, it's, it's not unreasonable to think that we we can't get thousands of people to, to you know to contribute to this. And uh, you know, it doesn't mean that people have to write a fifty thousand dollar check. They can write a fifty dollar check. They can join for ten dollars a month. Um, and uh, you know, if we start talking about thousands of people that join at that level, you know, that adds up in a hurry. And you know, and that makes a real real impact. Um, and uh, you know, we're we're constantly looking for for other revenue sources that we can you know that we can come up with. Uh, there's going to be something that we launch um, as we go into the fall, something called Pledge Per. Um, it's through a partnership with a company called Q Audio that uh, you know that we're going to turn up here as we get closer to the season. Uh, but it'll be it'll allow it's a it's a fun way for for our fans and donors to engage. So the you know the example would be you know they can pledge you know X number of dollar, dollars per assist or per touchdown or per win or you know per interception or whatever that happens to be. Uh, it'll just be a, a fun way for, you know, and, and a slightly different way for people to engage with, uh, you know, engage with the guard and, and engage with our with our student athletes. So look for a number of those types of things to get launched as we go into the fall as well. And, you know, like I said, every single dollar counts, every single donation counts. If you're thinking that, uh, you know, if anyone's listening in here and they think that their, their $10 a month gift doesn't move the needle, uh, let me tell you what, it absolutely does. And the most impactful thing that people can do is one, obviously join themselves, but two, after they join, tell five friends and get five friends to join and, and then ask them to do the same. And, and that is really what gets things moving is if we can get a, a, a bunch of people moving in that same direction, all in the boat, all you know, rowing together, um, that makes a really, really 
you know, huge difference for us. Yeah, I, one of the questions we get a lot is, how close are we to our goal? Are we 10% there, halfway there? I mean, it, it, when you're talking about 3 million a, a year, are we, we got a ways to go? Uh, we, yeah, so we do have a ways to go. Um, you know, we are, we're doing better for some programs than we are with others. Um, you know, so our, our, our top two revenue generating programs in football and men's basketball, we're, we're, we're in, um, I think, solid competitive positions there. Uh, we need to be better than we are. Uh, but I would say, you know, with, with each of those programs, we're probably, um, I, I see a path to us being at least halfway to where we need to be with, with, with each of those programs. Um, and, uh, you know, you know it, but, but it helps you know, tremendously in terms of being able to work with, uh, with, with those student athletes. Uh, you know, I would love to be able to do a deal with, you know, every single member of the football roster. Uh, you know, that's, you know, that's up to 114 student athletes. And, and in order to do that sort of a volume of work, it takes a lot of support, you know, to get something like that done. So, uh, you know, the, the more that, uh, you know, that you, your listeners are, are willing to help out and join in and, and, and row along with us, uh, the, the more that we would appreciate it. All I got to do to join is go to theggguard.com. Click on join. There's all sorts of options and and levels and you got and all that. So uh, it's see, it's very foolproof. I've done it. It's uh, takes one minute. So both of you have done it, and I appreciate that. More to come on that as well. But uh, we really encourage Ram fans who are listening to, like John said, join yourself, spread the word. Um, this is this is very doable, and it will make a huge impact for CSU athletics. So. Uh, hopefully everyone will will feel compelled to get on board but john thank you so much for all the details and spending so much time with us and thank you for all that you are doing on behalf of csu it's a i know it's a labor of love but it's a crap ton of time it it, it is a ton of time but you know i am more than happy to do it and uh, i'm excited about the progress that we're making we're getting momentum um and uh unbelievably excited for for what's to come this fall with uh, with with our programs Please, please keep me in the loop about the good time auction. I'm willing to help out any way, any way possible. That was one of my wife and I both volunteered with that. We loved it and look forward to it coming back. Fantastic. All right, John. Thanks so much. Go Nuggets and go Rams. Go Rams and go Nuggets. Thanks for having me on. All right. That was John Weber, the executive director of the Green and Gold Guard Collective amazing what he has done um that we're very lucky to have a guy like that that has that expertise and backs it with his heart and time uh to put that together because i'm not sure there's a lot of people out there that that could have pulled this off and uh we're in good hands there just need all of ram nation to get on board so i know mike you are and and i am as well and i plan to i i got it at one of the entry levels and i gotta bump that up here a little bit i know we're gonna Partner with the Green and Gold Guard a little bit here in the future. I know we've raised some money for uh, some of our student athletes that have come on and and contributed content, come to the podcast, and a lot of you you Ram fans have have contributed to that. We're hoping to just drive that all in the future to the Green and Gold Guard and partner in some fashion there where they can pay our um, the 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 student athletes that are contributing for us. But uh, we're still working through all those details. But anyway. Couldn't couldn't uh, 
give you more encouragement to to get involved. It's it's desperately needed if we want to be a player uh, at this level. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Mike, thank you for your time. A couple of great interviews today. Isaiah was dope. We got I do have one thing, one thing before we go. Uh, I know this will be either today, Thursday, June 1st or tomorrow, June 2nd, that it comes out. Um, if you have absolutely nothing to do Saturday afternoon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at um, it's posted on the on the on the main board. It's a frozen post on ramnation.com. But I am hosting a tequila tasting event. When I say I am Somo CSU, it's it's the Latin alumni group that I I helped found like 15 or 16 years ago. We had done a tequila tasting event for four years. And unfortunately, with change in leadership with the Alumni Association, they stopped it. But Christy Bolander, who was amazing, and and her entire staff just absolutely love them, started pushing for us to bring it back. And, and we're doing it for the first time since 2012. So if you have nothing to do, check it out. It's $30. We have 16 different tequila and agave spirits. We have beers, uh, Mexican-style lagers from Chaluna Brewing. Um, and out of that $30, $30, 15 of it goes directly to the SOMO CSU scholarship, something that my wife and I, we helped secure the funding for around 2009. We have an endowed scholarship. Obviously, we would love to bump that up uh, down the line so that we're giving, giving back even more to the community. Uh, so, again, if you're not doing anything, check it out. The Frozen Post, it's uh, it's on ramnation.com or you go to the CSU Alumni Association webpage. It should be on the calendar or hit me up on, on Twitters, on Instagrams, on Facebooks if you're following me and, and then I can point you in that right direction. Really awesome work by you. Great cause. Mike, good stuff today. Thanks for all your contributions and everything you do. And uh, thanks to Isaiah Stevens and John Weber today. Just love those conversations, both those guys, top notch. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great rest of your week. Go Nuggets. We will talk to you soon.